Hello and welcome to another episode of the Live Immediately podcast with Mike Campbell. Thank you so much for listening. This is where I have conversations with people who are living life on their own terms. We dive into those big moments that have pushed them through the fears and self-limiting beliefs that hold so many of us back. This is a conversation I've been looking forward to and I can't wait to share it with everyone because I, I really believe that we all need to have a hard look at our financial health. I strongly believe that if people knew more about money, if they knew how it works, how to live within their means, how to continuously not live in a state of money stress or money fatigue, then we could eradicate a lot of their money issues. And if we could eradicate money issues, then I believe that a lot of family fighting would be eradicated as well, as a lot of the household fights are either about money or they stem from money or money amplifies things that are kind of really going wrong. And if we can eradicate, you know, family fighting, then that means that more kids are growing up in happy households. More kids are growing up with smiles on their faces. And to me, that's the end goal of everything, to raise kids with smiles on their faces. Because if we raise kids with smiles on their faces, they turn into adults with smiles on their faces. And adults with smiles on their faces don't start wars. They're compassionate and they're caring. And if that's not something we should be striving for, then I'm lost. My guest today is Kate Flanders, and she educates people about mindful budgeting through the lessons that she's learned getting herself out of debt. Kate put herself on a two-year shopping ban, and she did that after she was out of debt. But it completely turned her life into a, in a different direction. That realization that more money is not always the answer, but being mindful of where you spend your money and what on is. This is a big topic for me, as money is often what people say holds them back from doing the things that they really want to be doing, from living life immediately. But I would argue what they choose to spend their money on is the thing that's holding them back. Kate has some great tips in this episode, and one of my big asks would be that you have a conversation in your household about money, and you write down what you spend your money on. You'd be amazed at what you'll learn, and you'll be amazed at the simple things that you can change just by doing this simple task. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Kate Flanders. Hi, Kate. How are you? I'm so good. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you. Very well indeed. And whereabouts in this beautiful world do I find you today? So I am in uh, Victoria, British Columbia, Canada, which is on Vancouver Island, so off the coast of Vancouver. Uh, I'm, as, I'm as west coast as it gets. And, and did you kind of like do hand gestures when you said that? <laughs> Yes, I'm pointing out on the map in the air where exactly where I live. Oh, I was more thinking of that kind of that hip hop West Coast kind of eighties gang related <laughs> thing. Yeah, West Side. <laughs> That's well, awesome. Well, Canada was unfortunately part of North America that we didn't get to when my wife Andy, my wife Inga, and my daughter Andy and I were house sitting and pet sitting our way through North America for a year. But it's um, it is definitely a country that is on our on our wish list to just hike through the wilderness and uh, and also hopefully ski down some of those beautiful slopes that you have. 
Oh my gosh, there's definitely lots of that. Uh, in yeah, in most provinces, most of them come to just come to BC. BC is the best one. So <laughs> it, it's got it all, hey. Oh yeah, yeah. We're we're extremely spoiled with um, a mild climate. Yeah, just all all the scenery <laughs> that you could imagine. So it's it's awesome. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. But I've been um so excited about <clears throat> our our chat today because I I really think that you've had such a wonderful journey and. I just love the lessons and the stories that you tell about your life on your website, kateflanders.com. And that is Kate with a C, but I'll make sure that all the links are in the show notes at the end. But your, your story and your lessons are anchored towards money. And you have this beautiful phrase that you use, mindful budgeting. And I, mm-hmm. I just love that phrase because I really believe it's the key to kind of be mindful of where you spend your money. And I, I feel that there are so many people that are just not aware of, of where their, their money is going. And, and as I said earlier, I've been excited about this chat because I just really wish kind of more people were, uh, I, I guess, just more aware of their financial health. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I believe that like, if you, I don't know, if you have control over your money, then, and where, where you're spending it, you just have less worry in your life and, and often more freedom and that like more money doesn't necessarily mean more, more freedom. And maybe we can touch on that point a little bit later, but you are currently living as you like to put it, your life after debt phase. So mm, yes. can, can you take me back a few years? Like take me back to that moment when you realized I'm in a little bit of trouble here and, and something needs to change. Oh yeah. Um, so that was in May of 2011. So yeah. Wow. Sometimes I, I think about that. I'm like, it was over five years ago. It's crazy to think about. Wow. Um, but it, yeah, in May, 2011, I, I had known for a few months sort of that this day was coming because, and, and this is something I like to touch on anytime I, t- I, I bring up this story or kind of go back to this story is that I knew for months that the day was coming where I was going to be maxed out because I had this gut instinct that, that every kind of transaction I was making, I didn't actually have the money for. And yet I was doing it anyways. And so that meant, you know, like swiping for things I couldn't afford um, totally depleting my savings, all of that. Like I just, I was at the, yeah, at the end of sort of a long stint of overspending. Um, and I, I knew, I knew it. I also was ignoring my credit card statements. Like I would, I would open them, but I would remember opening just like the top corner of it and peeking in and, uh, looking at only the, the payment that was due, never the full balance. Um, so I was, I was in a lot of denial about my situation back then. Um, and yeah, and one day I just, I knew I had to look at the balances of my cards. Um, and also because I could look at the money in my, in my bank accounts and see that I think I had, I think it was like a hundred dollars in my checking account and a hundred dollars left on my credit card limit. And I had to somehow make that last me for six weeks. Um, and yeah, there was just no feeling like it. I, I remember like I cried. I, I just felt like such a failure. Um, I'm the oldest of three. My brother and sister are eight and 10 years younger than me. And I, so I always felt like I was supposed to be a role model to them. 
And I was just like, this is awful. Like, I would never want them to look up to me or like know this about me because I wouldn't want this for them. Um, and yeah, it was just, it was an awful time. So I sort of, I sort of am glad that I went through that and I'm glad that I felt all of those things because it then fueled sort of everything I've done since, at, at least with my debt repayment journey, like the feeling of being totally out of control, knowing it was my fault. Um, and just remembering the weight and the stress of it all that definitely kept me going anytime I kind of, I never felt like giving up on my debt repayment, but anytime I was just like, Oh, what am I doing this for? I was like, Oh yeah. Cause I never, ever, ever want to go back to that. And why, why do you think <clears throat> like, we know the how behind it. You obviously spent more money than, than you had, but like, why do you think it got to that point? Yeah, I think there's a, there's a couple things for me personally. So I think that, um, some of it was, being in my like early to mid 20s, going through periods of like wanting my life to be a certain way. And for me, that meant sort of like portraying whatever sort of like my personal definition of success was. So for me, that meant um, like I was living on my own. I had not like nice expensive furniture, but kind of like all my furniture matched. And so when you came in, like my apartment looked good and, and people co would comment on it like, Oh, your place looks so nice. And for some reason that just made me feel good. Um, or, or yeah, like I said, like I had achieved some kind of level of success. Mm -hmm. Um, so part of it was definitely that, like, cause I would just go out and you know, Oh, these couches look nice. They cost $2,000. Sure. I'll throw them on my credit card. Like, <laughs> like I just wouldn't even think about it. So I used credit like it was uh you know just a second bank account and yeah so part of it was that and then I think um uh some of it was sort of I mean I haven't talked about this a lot I've, I've written a few blog posts about it but I think you know I've I'm writing about it more now so I'm feeling more comfortable talking about it is that I used to um drink a lot. And I think that when I was in party mode back in those days, I was someone who like as, as many people who have done this can probably relate to, like I would want to, you know, buy rounds for everybody or invite people over and I would supply the booze or things like that. So I know that I wasted money on stuff like that as well. Yeah. And you, you, you mentioned, and I'm sure that's something that everyone can, can relate to. And it's, it's good that you're at that point where you can kind of talk about it because I'm sure it's not the, the easiest thing to talk about but you said a phrase there that you um you felt like you you wanted to live life a certain way and I think that's that can definitely be uh, I, I was going to say a trap but it can definitely be this feeling that a lot of people have this expectation or this yeah, this idea of the way that their life is going to be or the, the way that they want their life to be right now like i remember mm -hmm. i remember when i was first moving out of home and i thought that the first house i would buy would just be exactly the same house that my parents have and i would have this nice big house with a big pool and a backyard and all that kind of thing but i kind of forget that oh hold on no my parents are you know 30 years older than me they've had that 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 journey and that time to get to get there mhm mm yeah and i also think it it looks different for everyone so like you said you were thinking about, you know, your first home, some people, their definition of the life they want could be like, they want to travel a lot. So they'll go into debt for it. Or, 
Um, or, you know, even going to school, like for some people going to school or like post-secondary is, is really expensive and maybe not an option. Like you could maybe do one degree, but people are like, Oh, well, I want to get my master's. I want to do this. And I'm like, if it's, if you have a plan for that, it's great. But sometimes I think people just go to school for the sake of it and think that that's what they're supposed to do or what, what will lead them down a certain path, not realizing how much debt they're taking on for it. So everyone's definition is totally different, but I, I do think that it's a trap um, that we can all fall into very easily. And and you mentioned uh, about your debt repayment journey. Like what were like some of the first things that you did to create action and to change that direction of debt that you were heading in? Yeah. So the first thing that I did was, uh, really just started tracking my spending. I, I realized that I actually had absolutely no idea where my money was even going, um, especially because I was using credit and not even looking at my statements. So I, I literally did not know where my money was going every single month. Um, and so I started tracking it. So I, I would also say I, I cut way back. And I, I actually have joked since doing actual shopping bans, which I didn't even do until after I was debt-free, but I sort of joked, I, I kind of did shopping bans during the two years I was paying off my debt as well, because I just wouldn't, I wouldn't allow myself to buy anything unless it was absolutely necessary. Um, so yeah, so I, I cut way back and, and even just tracking my spending was so helpful with that. Like I, you know, it, once you're writing down that you've gone to Starbucks for the fifth time that week, um, you start to realize like maybe that's actually not a priority for me, or maybe I'm not happy that my money is actually going towards Starbucks when I could be doing something else with it. So yeah, just cutting back, tracking my spending. I'd never written a budget before. Um, I don't usually even, yeah, I, I kind of like the way that I did it. Like I, I'd never written a budget before, so instead I tracked my spending for three months, and then I looked at kind of the averages of what I was spending every month and created my first budget from that, um, and then I just used them as a guide. Like, I never used a budget as this, like, strict tool of, like, you know, this is exactly where your money has to go, but it was just a visualization sort of of, like, okay, at the end of every month, where has everything actually gone? And am I happy with that? And if not, okay, I'm going to try again next month, you know, cutting out this one thing or adding this one savings category or whatever. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's so interesting that you say that because when we, we wrote, well, when I say we, I'm definitely the money person in the family, but I wrote down every single cent that we, where we spent it when we were in the U.S., and and it mm. was real. So I just pretty much just created a spreadsheet, wrote a list on the left of, you know, groceries, petrol, accommodation, activities, you know, skiing, uh, beer and wine, dinner, breakfast, lunch, all these kind of different things. And then just on the, on the top line, it was like one to 31 for the days, the days of the month. And I, I really did that because I just didn't know how much the trip was going to cost. And I knew that we were on a pretty tight budget the whole year and, and, we didn't, you know, with Inga's work, she's a, a graphic designer, being a freelancer, it's so, it fluctuates so much, like the money coming in. And so I wrote, I wrote that down and it was, it was really great to know, okay, you know, this month it might've been a bit tight on the money, but here's where we spent it or, or, well, how come we're spending so much on groceries this much, but 
this month. But then when you look down, you go, oh, that's because we, we didn't eat out at all or we haven't been traveling. So we've been eating at home a lot this month. And it was just so great to be able to write all that down. And that habit has formed so much that now that we're back home, I still do that. I still write down. Oh, that's amazing. And, and, and I just kind of, you know, and whether I do it really every night or every kind of second night, and Inga knows now, she comes home, she's like, oh, Mike, I spent $20 down at such and such. And it's not, it's, and it's not about, hey, you, you can't spend that money. It's really just to be aware of yeah. where you're spending it. Yeah. No, I, I think that's huge. And so, I mean, that's something that I practiced doing the whole time that I was paying down my debt, but I still do it now. I mean, now I, I budget quite differently. Um, but it's, I mean, look at that. It's been five years since I've been doing it. Um, so I don't really write budgets at the beginning of the month any, er, anymore, but I do still track my spending. And so I look at the end of every month and yeah, I just, it's, it's good to know where your money has gone, but it also just, I like to reflect on it and be like, am I actually happy with that? Am mm. I okay that I spent, you know, this amount on groceries or this amount at restaurants? Am I okay with that? And if I am, great. And if yeah. I'm not, what's missing? And what do I want to put a little more money towards instead next month? And so. I, I also think too that if, if you want to change anything in your life, you need to know where you're starting from like oh, right, yeah. right now. You know, because if, if, you, if you don't measure it and you don't track it, then when you do reflect on it, you don't know whether you're going forward or backwards. Mm, oh my gosh. Yes. No, I'm like, I, that's sort of my favorite thing to talk about in general now is just that, um, I mean, you'd kind of said it even in the intro a little bit, it was just like taking control of your money and I've done that. But then it was so interesting. Like, I think I was like six or eight months into paying off my debt and I'd already paid off like, I don't know, 12 or $15,000 or something. And I just could see like, whoa, I'm in full control of this situation. And what are some other areas of my life that I want to change? Uh, so one was that I used to be much more overweight and I wanted to lose, I wanted to lose weight and just feel better. Like it wasn't a number. I just wanted to feel better. So it was the same thing. Okay, well, then I started tracking what I was eating. How am I feeling after I eat those things? Uh, I just, I literally went from being someone who, never worked out to then working out five days a week. <laughs> like it's just, yeah, it's been so different. And then, like I said, like I quit drinking and there's been all of these things. So I, it very much has been a lesson of that. It puts you in control and then realizing you can control any situation that you're in. Uh, I, and I agree. And I, I really do feel that if you, you know, if you do have control of your money, then you do have less worries in your life. And I, I'm also uh -huh. a big believer that if, if families can, can, control their money, control their debt, then a lot of, or, or eradicate their debt, then I think a lot of the problems that families might have would be eradicated as well. And then kids are growing up in happier families. And I think at the end of the day, that's kind of the goal for everything for me. But another, another thing that, that we did, and this is, oh man, this is going back 2011 when we moved up from Sydney to Newcastle and we had just bought a home, um, our daughter was just born. So this is like, she's three months old. And I felt like the postman was collecting all of my bills. And then he put them in my letterbox at the same time. And it was <laughs> like the car repayments, you know, uh, our taxes for our, um, our house and all this kind of stuff. And I was just like, what is going on here? There's got to be a better way because, you know, I was getting paid, I think at the time, let's say fortnightly. So every two weeks and okay. I, was, I was just getting all these big bills and, 
Inga's sister, she actually gave me a suggestion where you can pay your bills online through BPay. And like BPay is really just, it's kind of like an account that you have with that particular company. And so instead of paying all my bills at once, I looked at them and go and went, okay, this is a three month bill. And I, I just went, okay, I'm going to divide that by three. And that's what I'm going to pay each month. I'm getting paid fortnightly. All right, divide that number by two. And that's what I'm paying every two weeks. So when my pay packet came in, little bits of money would go to my water, my electricity, my gas, my car. And so then when my actual bills came in, most of the time I was actually in, I was like in credit. I had money with wow. them. So I was paying it as my pay packet was coming in. So all this money was going out and then I knew like what, what money I had to play with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's but, huge. I'm like, sorry. <laughs> Oh no no no! I was sorry to sorry to cut you off. No no, I was I was just gonna say it's huge. I think that um, that's a really important lesson, especially for. I find there's a lot of hesitation when I talk to people about money. Of you know, how do you budget when your your expenses change month to month and um, stuff like that? So I think that that is one suggestion, which is perfect, which is just to try and even if you're not actually paying the bill, like set aside that money every single month, like make it part of your budget every single month. So even if it was just, you know, having 10 different savings accounts or something and like, you know, every month putting, if you know your bill is going to be $300 every three months, okay, well, once a month, put $100 into that account. So when the bill comes, then you're good to go. Yeah, um, it, it's, so. it's, it's funny that you talk about 10 different savings accounts there because another thing that, that we did uh, maybe three years ago, I refinanced our home loans to a to a, a a bank the Newcastle perm up here in Newcastle for one reason that I could have multiple offset accounts with my home loan and I'd been talking to my broker about this and she's like no bank has what you want Mike and then when it came <laughs> when it came up she called me and she said you're not going to believe it that thing that you've been talking about for years Mike this this uh this bank now has it where you can have multiple accounts that all that that they all feed into the offset account. So the, the money in them is still kind of bringing down the interest on your home loan. And it was great. So now I have money for tax. I have money for bills. I have money for a holiday that little bits of money are going out all the time. So then when we do want to go away for the weekend, it's, it doesn't actually kind of come out of our day to day account. It was like, we've already been paying for it. Wow. That's real. I don't know if we have that here. That's really neat. <laughs> Uh, it's it's so brilliant. I was I'm over the moon because again, it just kind of comes back to to being aware and being control of of where all all that is going and and it's just like a credit card in a sense. In a credit card, what you're doing is you're paying for something and then you're paying it off after the fact. Where what we're doing is kind of paying it off beforehand and then using cash. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah, I definitely. I'm like we. I don't know. I don't think we have anything like that in Canada, but that's. That's a really cool concept. Um, but you also mentioned that you went on a two-year shopping ban. Was that as hard yeah. as it sounds? Um, <clears throat> there were definitely parts of it that were hard. Um, so it's so funny. So the reason for the shopping ban because I didn't start it until after I was already debt-free. So I yeah I'd finished paying off my debt in May of 2013, and then in July of 2014. 14 started the shopping ban um and it it stemmed from the fact that you know even though I was debt free I wasn't saving that much money 
And like there were months when I was paying down my debt, there were months where I was sometimes putting up to 55% of my income towards debt repayment. Wow. And, and then magically, as, as happens, uh, when I was debt free, I went back to spending most of it. And like there were months I was lucky if I saved five to 10%. So, and so I wasn't going back into debt, but I was just spending a lot of money again. Um, and really not like I would, I was still budgeting. I would still publish my budget and at the end of every month and I would talk about how I had, you know, oh, I said I was going to try to save 20, but I was only able to save 10 and here's why. Um, and I just, I never felt good. Like every single month I would publish these things on my blog and I was like, ah, I just don't feel good about this. So finally I was like, what am I doing wrong here? Um, and just realized I really wasn't questioning what I valued spending money on. So the, the problem was sort of like how quickly I repaid my debt. Um, I didn't really like all I was looking for was to get down to zero, but I didn't really have any goals after that. I had no idea what my values were for my spending. Uh, I just knew that I didn't want to be in debt anymore. So then when I was debt free, I was like, woohoo, I can go back to living life. <laughs> and yeah, and it, it wasn't didn't lead me to any kind of happiness. Mm. I just always felt bad that I wasn't saving. So yeah, the whole goal of it was literally just to save more money, um, which I did like by the end of it or by the end of the first year, I was saving an average of 51% of my income. Wow. So yeah. So which makes sense though, because not only had I been able to do that when I was paying down my debt, uh, I was making a little bit more money. So I, I better have been able to save that. Um, or sorry, 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 sorry. I was living off 51% of my income. Uh, but that's basically the same thing. It's just the opposite number. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like, <laughs> and obviously in that, in that two years, there w were things that you were buying, you know, you've got to eat and, and you want to brush your teeth and things like that. But, <laughs> but what were some of the rules for that two year shopping bag? So was someone's listening, what were kind of some of those, those key things that you really shifted in your life that you were like, no, nah, I'm not doing that anymore. Yeah. So like you said, you still need to eat. Um, so I basically would say that I was purchasing consumables. So anything, yeah, like gas for my car or, uh, you know, food to eat. I even went to restaurants a little bit. I, I definitely cut my budget way back, but I would, you know, if a friend wanted to go out once a week, I would still do something like that. Um, but I was not allowed to buy clothes, shoes, uh, books that books was tough for me. Um, uh, electronics, like accessories. And some of these things I sort of, after the fact, realized they were totally arbitrary anyways. Like I really don't like shopping for clothes or shoes or accessories. So that was not difficult to give up. Um, but the biggest things or the toughest parts of it were more recognizing what my habits were and realizing that I had to change those. So the habits part of it was, you know, whenever I used to see a book that I wanted, I would just buy it. And, and I would do the thing like where I'd go on Amazon and add it to my cart and then see, oh, if I add one more, I could get free shipping. Um, and so I would, you know, do whatever I could to spend $25 and then get the free shipping. And I would order books constantly. Or like when I, I used to have an e-reader and same thing, like you want one, oh, it takes like four clicks and it's, it's all of a sudden yours. Um, so I wasn't allowed to do that. So every time I would think of a book, you, you would kind of have to hit pause and go, oh, I can't buy it this right sec, like this exact second. What do I do now? Um, so it was more just recognizing all of that and realizing how long it takes to break those habits. 
because there's all kinds of studies about habits that say it takes you like 21 days or 66 days or like 12 weeks or all kinds of things. Like, and I found like six months into it, I still wanted to buy books. Like I still, (laughs) I still wanted them. It's been two and a half years. I'm like, I still want books. (laughs) Wow. That doesn't, I don't, and books specifically for me, I've sort of had some other lessons that I've realized on that, but yeah, I, so I think that, um, yeah, there were tough parts of it, but really it was just, just changing your habits Mm. and, and figuring out like that I was okay with changing some of them. Um, like I, I think I used to do this thing where I, I travel quite a bit and I would do this thing where at the airport I used to like buy a magazine before a flight, um, or just things like that. And I'm like, I don't do any of that anymore. Or I won't buy bottles of water. I pack my, my like stainless steel water bottle. Um, and just stuff like that. Like just little things that it's like, it's not even about being frugal. It's like just a little less wasteful. I don't need a magazine. They're like 70% ads or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, there was just, just a lot of that. And and when you, you know, you're changing your habits and you, you, I guess not spending as much time shopping and all that kind of thing. What were some of the things that came into your life? What were some of the things that you did with that extra time? Oh man. Um, the two things were really realizing how much more time I got to spend with people and, and just to do different things. I, I always hiked a little bit here and there, but now, I mean, I go hiking constantly and I would rather ask a friend to go for a hike than, you know, to go for dinner. Like I would just rather be outside and not because it's free. It's just, it's so nice. Like I feel like you have better conversations when you're in nature when you're out at somewhere, especially we have to spend money or if you're like going out to eat, I, I would realize things like some of the things I hate most now is waiting. Like, and when you go out to eat, it's a lot of waiting. It is waiting to ha- <laughs> like waiting to get a table, waiting to get water, waiting to get your drink ta- order taken, then your food order taken, waiting for the bill, waiting to pay. Um, yeah. And you just, I don't know, like you don't have to wait in nature. Like you just get to go outside and do whatever you want. So I just feel like the conversations are better. There's less interruptions. Um, yeah. So no, I, I mean, that was huge of spending time with people, um, doing more outside. I also found that I had a lot more time to be creative. So I think I've, I've tackled more projects in the, in the past couple of years than I ever had before. Um, and I, I also think that about a year and a half ago, I was able to quit my full-time job and go full-time freelance. Wow. And I only think, like, I really, really believe I would never have been able to do that if I hadn't done the shopping ban. Because back then, like before the shopping ban, I was living on like 90% of my income. So I needed to be making that. And by the end of it, I was living off of 51% of my income. So my needs were so much less um, that I just, I, I knew like, if I, if I quit and I make less money, that's okay. Like, no one really aspires to earn less money, but I'm like, that's okay. Like, I don't need it. I just need enough to live the life that I've been living. Well, so. it's, it's, I'm so glad that you bring up that point because it's something that I really believe in. And it's that, you know, time is the, the true currency. And mm-hmm. I'm kind of writing this thing at the moment, which is the, the title that I'm playing around with is that you should never ask for a pay rise. And what I mean by that is once you kind of get to a certain level or you can kind of look at, and when I say certain level, I'm not talking six figures here. 
but mm-hmm. or, or or when you can look at where you're spending your money and kind of live off less, then you don't kind of need as much money. And and if you don't need as much money, then maybe you can be working four days a week instead of five. Maybe you can you can you know, be freelance and control when you work. And so if you do want to kind of get out in nature at 10 a.m., that's okay mm-hmm. because you don't mind doing some work at 8 p.m. because you'd rather be in nature at, at 10, 10 a.m. instead of watching TV at 8 p.m. Do you know what I mean? And it's really, again, it, I guess it kind of comes back to that control or being deliberate and really mindful, as you like to put it, about how we are spending our money. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think, um, oh my gosh, it just made me think of so many things. (laughs) One was just to say, yes, yes, yes. Because that is my life now. Like I, since quitting my job, you know, I, I do this thing, we call it adventure Tuesday. It doesn't always happen on Tuesday. Sometimes it's Monday or Wednesday. Um, but a girlfriend of mine who was always up for a hike, like she'll go anywhere is she usually has like Monday, Tuesday or Wednesday off. And when I had a full-time job, I could never have gone hiking those days, right? Like I I had to work, honestly, back then, like 10-hour days. And so, yeah, so I've like made it one of my goals since working for myself that now that I can take those days off, I'm going to. And I'm fine with working on the weekend if it means that I can have Adventure Tuesday uh, and, you know, take an afternoon off here and there and, and stuff like that. And And so, yeah, it's just, it's very interesting how, how much this has all come full circle and that I do constantly have to go back to the fact that I would never be in this position if I hadn't literally like just five years ago started tracking my spending and and figuring out what I wanted. Mm. And just kind of changing elements here a little bit, but minimalism has played, I guess, Mm. a, a big role in both of our lives. For me, it really shifted my mindset around possessions and things and which then obviously flows on has a flow on effect with money and when you're not spending money on things that you don't really need like newsflash here it's surprising the things <laughs> that you can actually do with that money or kind of like what i said before like buying back time like you know you you don't need as much money so you can then actually you might not need to work and i used might put my fingers in the air then um but like, what are some of the benefits of minimalism that have played a, a role in your journey? Yeah, so in the in during the two year shopping ban, I got rid of um, between probably seventy five to eighty percent of my stuff. Um, so I have I have very few belongings left at this point. Um, but yeah, it's been oh my gosh, there's so many things with that. One I think is that. Um, uh, okay, so one of them is that I would say I if we go back to like why I was overspending years and years ago was, you know, I was trying to portray something that I wasn't like rather than just being totally cool with who I was and the life that I could afford. I was trying to portray something else. So it was so interesting when I was getting rid of lots of that stuff, I could look at some of these things and see that, you know, I bought books that I wanted like really smart Kate to read or clothes that I thought professional Kate should wear for interviews or whatever. And like, not to say you don't maybe need those things, but I, I really would think about that when I was buying them and then getting rid of them. It, it actually was really easy because I was like, real me doesn't want any of this stuff. Um, so one was really just kind of letting go of all these 
all these different versions of myself that I thought I should be and, and just realizing I had to be okay with who I was. Um, and then the other thing, if we, if we go to the money side of it is that what, what's so crazy to me is like when I was getting rid of all that stuff, I could, I could, and it, it sort of hurts your mind and your wallet when you think of how much money you had spent on that stuff once upon a time. Um, but what's so refreshing now is to look at, see what I've always wanted. Like literally since, since I was a teenager, I talked about all the travel that I wanted to do and all the places I wanted to go. And then for some reason, all throughout my twenties, I could never afford to do any of it. And like newsflash, that's because I was blowing money on stuff, right? Like, and some, some experiences, but like I said, it was a lot of partying or just stuff that was very in the moment. Um, and I wasn't thinking of what I really wanted. So I would always complain, oh, I never get to travel. I never get to travel. And now like, that's all I do. Like I, I, I'm home maybe half the year, um, and gone for quite a bit of the rest of it. So it's so, uh, yeah, just amazing to see that when you're not sort of in this pursuit of more of, of all these other things that just don't really matter or don't matter to me that you can actually have the things that you want. Yeah, I, I really believe in all of that, 100%. And anybody that listens to this podcast will understand that's, that's really, you just kind of echoed every thought that has come into, <laughs> into, into my little mind. But there's, there are going to be people that, that are listening to this that will be thinking, you know, listening to your journey and, and whether that be of the minimalism or the shopping ban and all that and thinking, yeah, like that's fine for you, but you don't have the debt I have or you don't have the mortgage that I have or you don't have as many kids as I have. Like it's just harder for me. Like what would you say to those people? I mean, uh, one is that, of course, like I would be, I would be crazy if I didn't say yes. Um, the fact that I'm single and I only pay for myself, of course, the, I, I'm not crazy to think that that doesn't help me. But I also think that uh, if if it's very easy to get stuck in the mindset that that you know someone else could do it, but I can't. But it's not about what someone else did. It's really just understanding. Like for me, all it was was taking little, like making little changes all along the way. And I think anyone can do that. Yeah. So whatever the, whatever the numbers are, whatever the decisions are that you make, they don't have to be what I made, right? Like even with shopping bans, like sometimes people come to me, and, oh my gosh, even a one year shopping ban, that sounds so awful. I'm like, okay, cool. Try it for 30 days and don't cut everything. Cut the one thing that you know you overspend on. Cause I'm pretty sure everyone knows like what their vice is, like whether it's coffee or, um, like I said, like magazines or whatever. Like I think most people know what they probably spend too much on. So cut that for 30 days and just see how you feel. Um, and so I, yeah, I just think that it's very easy cause I've, I've, I've done it. It's, it's human nature. You compare yourself to others. Uh, but yeah, it's not a, it's not about what I did. It's just like, what little changes can you make that, mm. that would kind of change your situation? And I think too, often when we do compare ourselves to others, we, we don't understand, you know, we're, we're looking at someone's, you know, the highlight reel, someone's home run and, oh, uh, yeah. you know, not all of their at bats. That was, that was a baseball terminology for, for all of those people. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but like one thing you said there is like changing that mindset. And I think that is one of the big things and, and that mindset, you know, can change once you start kind of taking some action and then it's, it's amazing 
once you, you know, as, as you said, you start writing things down, you start to become aware, just starting that journey, things will start to, to turn around for you. But another thing that you mentioned earlier on is that you had more time to do some of your own creative projects and, Ooh. and you do have a mindful budget planner the 2017 edition is out because it is towards the end of the year as, as we're recording this. Um, and as I did say earlier, I do love that phrase, mindful budgeting, but, <laughs> but can you please explain a little bit about what's in the planner, the process that it takes people through and, you know, I guess who it's really for. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So, I mean, I would be lying if I said anything other than this. When I created that planner, I made it for myself. Um, and I say that because I would go looking for it in the stores. Like I, I remember thinking, why is there not something like, or, or this is all I want. I want a space where I can not only write down like my daily to do's, like the, the few things I need to get done every day and how much I spent. Or how much I earned like why why does nothing exist where you can do both of those in one space uh, and so after looking for it for a couple of years I was just like you know what I've done like I did print layout uh, for five years in school well, seven years if you include schools so I'm like I know how to do this why don't I just make this um, but the planner the way that I piece it together so it's a daily planner so there is uh, space for every day of the year um, that has, yeah, exactly that room to write down how much you spend or even how much you earn. So you can keep track of that as well, whether it's your paycheck that's come in or if you've sold something, then you brought in some extra money. Um, so to do that every day at the end of every week, there's a few questions to ask yourself. That's just, it's just really a check-in. It's exactly what I used to do at the end of every week when I was tracking my spending, like when I was trying to get out of debt. So just a few questions to say like, like, you know, what was the best thing that you did with your money this week? And, and, you know, what's something that you want to work on next week? Uh, something that you're proud of yourself for. I don't think that people like it's a, it's one of those things, whether we like it or not, money's very emotional. So I think just really doing these check-ins with yourself, which then just, you know, leads you into trying something new the next week. Um, so then there's like monthly budget templates so that you can do it. Even if you don't do it, all you could do at the end of every month is, you know, at least add up your numbers and see what your final totals were. Um, and then I also have these spreadsheets <clears throat> to track your debts and your savings accounts or, or just your assets um, every month. And the idea is like, or what I kind of put as the instruction inside of it is, you know, there's, you don't have to make a goal of paying it all off or having X amount in savings. You don't have to do that. Just make sure that your debt's going down and your savings is going up and just look at that. That's all you have to do. So like it, I kind of have laid it out so there's not huge pressure and there's not, um, it doesn't feel, I don't know, like there's so much financial and budgeting stuff out there that just feels really too, yeah, like there's pressure. Like there's like, you, you have to accomplish certain goals or you're missing things. It's like, it's not about that. It's really just, moving yourself and your finances in the direction you want to be going. And so that's, and, and just, and being happy with it, like being happy at the end of every month with where you've had to spend or how much you've saved, just some of the decisions you've made um, and just reflecting on it. So that's exactly what the planner is. Um, and I love it. The 2016 version was great. And the 20, I'm just super happy that I was able to, to do another one. So 
Oh, that's so good. It really is. And I'm just uh, just a little bit mindful of the clock as well. So we might have to start wrapping yeah. up here. But one question that I do ask everybody at the end of uh, each mm. episode, and that is to describe your perfect day. Oh, good question. Um, I feel like, let me see here. Okay. I would say, to be honest, I've realized that I am happiest when I'm on the road. So whether that's on a road trip or on a vac- some kind of vacation. Um, so I truly, like my favorite days are waking up in a city that I say haven't spent much time in, um, finding somewhere to get coffee and just walking around and, and probably doing some writing at some point in the day. Beautiful. That's, that's perfect to me. <laughs> well, hopefully those journeys will bring you down to – the beautiful land down under at some oh, stage. I, oh my gosh, you have no idea. I definitely want to come down. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Kate, for your, your beautiful work. And, and also just, it's, it is a topic that I'm really passionate about. And I, I often talk a, a lot about with my friends um, because I just really feel that once you do have kind of control of your money, um, you, you have kind of control of your life. And your journey, your two-year ban, everything, I think it's beautiful. Um, if people do want to reach out to you and, and follow you a little bit more or learn a little bit more about you, what's the best way for them to do that? Uh, yeah, so I'm at kateflanders.com, and Kate is spelled funny. It's C-A-I-T. Uh, so kateflanders.com, and I'm Kate Flanders on everything. So I'm mostly just on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Instagram's probably, probably my favorite. But, yeah, and email too, kateflanders at Gmail. I'm always around. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll make sure that all the links are in the show notes, and I'll also link to some of the great resources that you do have on, on, on your website and also your 2017 planner because there's, there's so much stuff. You're, you're really um, generous with what, what you give over on your website, and I really feel there's all the information there that people need if they do want to take control, and even if it is just some small steps. I really hope a lot of people do. Um, but is there anything that you want to say before we say our goodbyes? Is there anything that I've left out? No, I think just when you said that you, you talk to your friends about money, I would say that that's something I would encourage everyone to do. I think that that is the, like money is still unfortunately such a taboo subject and it really doesn't need to be. And even if it's just like, I think we can make it more normal. Even if you just ask something simple, like who do you bank with? Why do you bank with them? Uh, which credit card do you have? Why do you have that one? You know, like just even little things like that, where we can constantly be learning from each other. Um, it just, it just makes it more normal. So I think that's awesome that you talk to your friends about it. Mm, not all of them think it's awesome. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. My mine would say the same. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, thank you so much, Kate. It's been really, really lovely talking to you. And thank you, everybody, for listening. And until next time, have fun and live immediately.
That was another episode of the Live Immediately podcast with Mike Campbell. Thanks so much for listening. The original Live Immediately theme music is by the multi-talented Timothy McPhee. You can check out his music at firekites.bandcamp.com. If you enjoyed the show, had some fun, and maybe even learned something, then make sure you subscribe via iTunes. And while you're there, why not leave a rating and a review? You know it's going to make my day. Thanks for stopping by and giving me some of your time today. I'll catch you on the next episode. And until then, have fun and live immediately.